This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fans. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who are I'm you lo- talking I, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander. Craig WK. And the glitch. Hey, we got three of us. How about that? The best three. The best three ever. Take that, Chops. <laughs> yeah, the Chops. Uh, so today we are talking about a game I'm really excited about. I bet you're very excited about it, the glitch. I'm very excited. And I bet Craig's indifferent. I'm fairly indifferent on this game. <laughs> There's one time I brought this game over to Craig's house and I was like, we're going to play this. It's going to be great. And he's like, eh. And we ended up playing Street Fighter Alpha 3 instead. I... I kind of liked watching you play this game. I just wasn't any good at it. Yeah. Like many of the games we cover. <laughs> many of the on... games that I really like, Craig isn't good at. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much. This is one of those games where you kind of have to know the controls, know what the moves are yeah. to really get into it. Uh, so we are, of course, talking about the Pizza Hut demo disc that featured Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about... Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which was released on the PlayStation 1 on August 31st, 1999. This skateboard simulation game lets you take control of a skateboarder and perform tricks and prove that you're the greatest skater. Yeah, there's no story. It's just, here you yeah. go. Here's levels, and, and you're going you're gonna to skate now. Hope you like collecting video cassettes. Yep, video cassettes, <laughs> the letters that spell skate, reaching arbitrary point goals, and yeah. just doing gravity-defying skateboard tricks. Yeah. This, yep. al- this also came out on the N-Gage. I don't know if you guys saw it that. It did come out on the N-Gage. <laughs> I saw that. When I was looking into the game, I was like, oh, crap, the N-Gage. It, it came out four years later on the N-Gage. Oh, really? Yeah, it came it out was four years <laughs> October later? October 13th, 2003. Like, they couldn't have come out with, like, Tony Hawk Skateboarder 4 on the N-Gage. It had to be this one. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Ed Cage. So, so uh, Glitch, uh, do you want to enlighten some of our listeners what the heck the N Gage was? Right, so, I mean, honestly, it was kind of before its time. It was basically a cell phone. It was you... what the Vita tried to be. Yeah. Well, did the Vita have... The Vita could... had cellular. Oh, did, I didn't know some that. Some of them did. Okay. Like, you had to pay extra for it, obviously. But yeah, it was a but... gaming system that was also a cell phone. Yeah. It had the buttons. It had everything. It had like a full it keyboard kinda, on it, either side. It like. kind of looked like a um, like a Game Boy Advance a little bit. A little bit, yeah. A very small screen with like just imagine like an ergonomic keyboard with a like a three inch screen in the middle of it. Yeah, but it was also a cell phone, and, and it was nobody also, bought. Yeah, it was really <laughs> crappy. Really, really crappy. I mean, it was cool if you wanted a full keyboard. 
and to maybe play really dumbed down ports of games. That's that's it's pretty cool. That's yeah, it was but, all. Uh, it was yeah, for. the Tony Hawk Pro Skater being on it was like the big sell. All the I remember the uh, displays at like GameStop or it might have even been Software Etc. at the time. Oh man, uh, really focused on like, hey, check this game out. It's Tony Hawk on the Engage. You can what play Tony you Hawk on the go. Good luck figuring that out. They probably couldn't support the other Tony Hawks at the time. That's why they had to well, probably. dumb it down to the first one. Uh, this game was also ported on the Nintendo 64 in 2000. Uh, the Game Boy Color at the same, pretty much the same time, and the Dreamcast. I heard all the versions of the game got pretty good reviews, except for the Game Boy Color version and presumably the Engage version. Yeah, I don't know how that would have. I didn't play the Game Boy Color version. I, didn't I can't imagine it reminded how bad me, that would have been. Like when I took a glance at it, it was it basically me, a port of Skater Die? Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> Skater Die. It was like 720 on the uh, NES. It was yeah. like it was just sort of a top-down view of your skateboarder. Oh. So like it, it, it reminded me of like an NES game. Fair enough. Which is not Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah. So I, Craig, I know your introduction to this game was the was the full-on like retail version of the game. Uh huh. Was yours? the retail version of the game or did you get the demo as well no i did not have the demo and actually i so i never owned this game as a kid really? i had a buddy who had it on the n64 oh, okay with the blue it, cartridge and everything yeah and i would nice. go, i would go over to his house he was really good at this game and in fact he uh eventually became so good at tony hawk games he got invited to a competition in california called the y games interesting really? And he was getting ready to go, and then like a week before, the event got canceled because X Games was suing them. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection until you said the X Games. That's hilarious. I was like, why would they call it the Y Games? And then I was like, oh, maybe it's because it's the Y Games? But I remember we played this at his house constantly after school, and uh, and the, I just fell in love with it because of the music. And it just seemed more open than any other skateboarding game at the time. Like oh, you for could, sure. Yeah. It it definitely, I mean, it was the most popular skateboarding game. It took off. Like, there were other skateboard games, even in that era, uh, and this one blew them out of the water. Yeah. Uh, I, of course, like I mentioned in the intro, got the, uh, it was right after I got a PlayStation. Uh Uh-huh. Pizza Hut had a uh, a thing where you got a demo disc for five random PlayStation games. I think it was this, Crash Bandicoot, uh, Ape Escape, and two other randoms. Uh-huh. And my brother and I would just play the Tony Hawk thing over and over and over again. I I mean, the I know every beat, every note played in, in Goldfinger Superman because it was the only song available on the demo, and I would just play this level <laughs> over and over again. And then That's I got, amazing. I got home from school one day, and I was mm-hmm. it, my brother was playing Tony Hawk. He's like, oh, hey, do you want to turn? I was like, yeah, sure. And I played it, and then it like was playing a different song. I was like, What's happening? What happened to go? How did you get the song to play? And then he pulled out the case. He's like, here you go. Nice. <gasps> That's the best thing ever. <laughs> That's awesome. That is a, a wonderful uh, thing your brother did for you. It sure was. Uh, so this game was developed by Neversoft. Yes. And so at the time, Spider-Man was was a, was their biggest game. I, I think believe. so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then been. they would eventually go and do Guitar Hero. They would. Yeah. And an interesting thing, I was going to bring the, you, your whole like Tony Hawk uh, like competition reminded me. There's a guy whose handle back in the day was Andy THPS, so Andy Tony Hawk Pro Skater, who was so good at the game that he eventually got hired by Neversoft. And then his uh, he had like, had like a side project band that he did called An, An, An Endless Sporadic. Uh-huh. Uh, which has their music featured in later Guitar Hero games. Some of my favorite songs in the Guitar Hero games are from from that band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Uh, huh. I'm to, um, an endless, yeah, an endless sporadic is the name of the band. I'm trying to remember the name of the 
the song that was in anyway it'll come to me later they had a song in guitar hero world tour it was downloadable called anything and that song's phenomenal that's awesome but uh yeah so that's that they're so good <laughs> so let's chat a little bit about the gameplay for anyone who's not very familiar with the tony hawk game so so you two are a lot more familiar with like how the game is played the mechanics of it uh we we vaguely touched on it that you collect points and that's sort of what it's about but like you know what uh, what do you do in the game so uh there are multiple stages you can decide from uh in the level like uh, Xander kind of had said before yeah there's these letters, and you collect all the letters that spell out skate. Yep. There's also a hidden tape that you have to find. And then there's also these objectives. So mm-hmm. each level has a different objective. So like in the park, you have to grind on the picnic benches. And then I think one of them in the streets, you got to grind on the cop cars. Yeah. Um, do you have the full list, maybe? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, so let me... So the the first level warehouse is the one that was... You know, everybody played to death because it was I was going to say, I remember, I remember that level pretty distinctly because Xander playing you it had so much. To get 5,000 points, you had to smash the boxes, get the letter skate and the hidden tape and 15,000 points. So it's, it's always it's always some sort of combination of that. Yeah. Um, there was the streets of San Francisco where uh, I, you had to like grind or uh, yeah, you had to grind on um, trolley cars. Okay. So it's always something level specific, like uh, yeah. like grind on a cop car or jump over this or something like that. I yeah, gotcha. there was always five objectives you had to yeah, do. Yeah, and you had two minutes to do it. Okay. So um, the games, I mean, there were only 10 levels in the original Tony Hawk, uh, and it got fairly repetitive, but you were having so much fun doing it, you didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> and it was always a challenge. Like, in the one really cool thing was, like, because you only had two minutes and you had all this thing to explore, there were sometimes like, all right, I'm going to go for, I'm going to get myself familiar this round. I'm going to go for this this time. Like, you had to really kind of strategize, like, how am I going to go? What am I going to do this round? Am I just going to go for score this time? Am I going to go and try to knock out all five in one go? Like, what am I doing? Okay, so here's my next big question for you two. I. You know, you, you've mentioned like things that are pretty simple to understand. Find hidden letters, find this hidden tape, you know, do a certain objective. That's pretty simple. But how do you get points? By doing tricks. Yep. How do you do tricks? I'm not telling. Please, <laughs> I need to know. After all these years, I must unlock the secret. So I'm the most familiar with the PlayStation version as it was the one that I played to death. Um, so if you just pressed X, you would do an ollie. So you jump on your skateboard. Uh, if you while you were in the air, if you press the circle button in a direction, you know, up, down, left, right, and then the diagonal, um, you would do a grab trick so that, you know, you just, you know, just grab the grab the board and do something. Um, or if you press square, you would do a flip trick. So, you know, kick flips, what have you. And then a triangle would let you grind, which is just kind of getting a certain part of, I don't know how familiar you are with skateboard lingo. Uh, that's I, 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 This is for our listeners, too. I know what grinding is, but it's okay. basically where you, like, take the board and you, like, use the flat part and yep. go across, like, like a rail a or, or an rail. edge or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I don't believe, uh, you might you might know this better, were there, were there uh, lip tricks in this game? Uh, I don't know what lip tricks are. Lip tricks are, so, like, in a half pipe, when you go and you, like, kind of grab the, the, like, you... Oh, like the end of the board? Not the end, but you grab onto the the half pipe. Like oh, as you get okay, to the end. Okay. I don't so remember like you if you stand yourself up on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. It was almost like a grind, except you didn't go anywhere. I don't. I can't remember if there were or not. I don't think there were. I think not they introduced. In this game. Was, I think. I feel like this game was all about getting air. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I, don't I think know they, they introduced the the lip tricks in in two, but I could be wrong. Okay. So think of like the 
you know, when you think of, of skateboarders going on the half pipe, they get there and they put their arm down and they lift their whole body over their head and then they go back down. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember if there were lip tricks or not. And I don't remember there being or you doing them, I should say, because I didn't really play. I, like, yeah. I played. I remember playing this game with you occasionally and, you know, I, I, you know, I, I remember like having a little bit of fun with it, but I just like I, I, I kept falling over. Like I, I would try <laughs> tricks, hit the ground. You know, you get back up, you try again, I'd hit the ground, and yeah, it's, I, I'm, I, you know, not uh, especially great at uh, uh, games like this, you know. I always felt the grinding was irritating. I always had a yeah. hard time balancing whenever I did the grind. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty tough. What's interesting the, about- And the longer you grind it, or the longer your grind was, the harder it was to control. Oh, yeah. It got like, yeah, as soon as you start slowing down to like nothing, no yeah. speed. And it would also eventually scale your points down. So if you kept doing the same grab move over and over again, it was like, okay, cool. We've seen that. Do something different. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So if it, so like for me, it's like, oh, Craig, you can do an ollie. <laughs> that's swell. You don't get points for ollies. <laughs> Never mind that. <then. laughs> Unless you get like massive air, but yeah, if you're if you're doing the same grab trick each time, then you're just like cool. Like move on. You're only getting like a hundred points for this. But it's also if you rotate. So if you had the L one R one, I think L one R one R two and L R two R two and L two. God, that's like a tongue twister. <laughs> the shoulder <laughs> buttons, if you will. Yeah. Uh, they would. I think all four of them will let you rotate. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. um, so you got more points if you were able to do like a one eighty or three sixty seven twenty or the nine hundred. Ah, now uh, the 900, uh, there's actually a little bit to talk about with that. And Tony Hawk, whose name is on the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tony Hawk, for, for those who uh, aren't fans of skateboarding or, or, I don't know, live under a rock, I feel like he's pretty popular. Uh, Tony Hawk is a professional skater. Uh, he uh, was the first person to complete a 900. Yep. Mm, was he? According to the in a internet. competitive setting, in a competitive setting, maybe I believe that Ollie was the first person to do a 900, <laughs> and that Tony Hawk stole it from him. Shame. A simple and Ollie reference. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so- if we're going to talk about skill and ability, Rodney Mullen is obviously the greatest skater of all time. Maybe. So anyway, <laughs> a 900 is when you do two and a half midair spins on a skateboard. Uh, but Tony Hawk has been in uh, like a lot of movies. He's you know got a lot of popularity. Uh, uh, you know, especially around the time this game came out. You know, uh, but uh, a lot of the movies he's been in, he's usually just sort of playing himself, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a gag. But apparently, he was a stunt double in a scene of from the movie Escape from L.A. Interesting. Yeah, he was the surfing double for uh, Peter Fonda's character. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Uh-huh. Uh, he uh, created the Tony Hawk Foundation, mm-hmm. where he builds safe and legal skate parks for underprivileged areas. Uh, Tony Hawk has, has kind of lit a, led a, a really kind of interesting life. He's had like four wives. He He's almost like kind of like the... the if you call that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's kind of interesting. I uh, mean, I've only been married once, so I mean, he's done it three more times than me. <laughs> yeah, he exactly. Had to, he had to take it to the, to the extreme. <laughs> right, yeah. He had to take marriage to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be the first to have 900 wives. <laughs> <laughs> so, Just kidding, Tony Hawk. We love you. Please come on the show. 
Oh, that would be great. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, but yeah, Tony Hawk is, uh, I, you know, uh, he's always seems like a good dude. Like yeah. anytime I see him doing something, it's like he's got a very laid back, like just friendly, good attitude. <laughs> I've never heard of him being a jerk. One of the things I thought was most interesting more recently is apparently uh, uh, Tony Hawk is is kind of fun to follow online because he tells all these stories and like apparently there's a lot of times where he'll be like in like a line at the airport or something and they'll be like oh Tony Hawk like that skateboard guy and he'll be like yeah like that skateboard guy (laughs) and like there's tons of stories he has where it's like like people will be like oh you have a skateboard like checking in at the airport he'll be like yeah I sure do and they'll be like just like that Tony Hawk guy (laughs) he'll be like yeah just like that Tony Hawk guy that's insane I'm surprised you didn't mention one of his best cameos oh uh, he was in an episode of The Simpsons. We did mention his best cameo. Yeah, in from that a fan of... fiction season. Oh, come on. That's a great episode. This got Blink-182 in that episode, too. That's a great episode. That. I, thought, I thought we were talking about his, his cameo in Syphil and Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also in simple, the Simple and Ollie show from MTV. Uh, he, yeah, he's he's done a ton of cameos, typically as himself. Uh, I... Uh, he's also been on like I think it was Rocket Power from Nickelodeon. Yep. Uh, there, there was quite a few other things that he was mm-hmm. on. Uh, so he became a pro skater at age fourteen. Okay. Um, and he was the he got gold in the first X Games, which was in 1995. He also gold in the 1997 X Games, and then the 900 that you talked about yeah. earlier. He did that in the 1999 X Games, which he actually retired officially retired from the competition yeah. after that X Games, which happened in June, and then this game didn't come out till August. So technically he was kind of retired, considering himself retired from competition when this game came out. So you're saying that the title, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, is a misnomer. It is, it is a Tony, lie. Ta- Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk retired, retired Pro Skater. Yeah. <laughs> retired Skater. Yeah. T-R-H-P-S. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't flow off the tongue so well. Not quite as well. But Tony Hawk was not the only pro skater available to play. Oh, yeah. There were some others, weren't there? Yep. You had uh, Bob Bernquist, Kareem Campbell, Rune Glifberg, Bucky Lasick, Chad Muska, Andrew Reynolds, Jeff Rowley, Elisa Stream, uh, Lisa Streamer, uh, Jamie Thomas, and two unlockable joke characters, Officer Dick and Private Carrera. Huh. Which uh, he chose. Uh, I mean, I don't know about the Officer Dick and whatever, <laughs> but he he's the one who chose the lineup himself. Oh, yeah? And what's interesting is uh, um, the developers uh, wanted to buy his likeness, own it for the game and the whole series when they made for future games. Yeah. But he was like, no, I want royalties for this. I want a specific cut of all the sales. Right. Which Smart move. Oh, yeah. was a great move because by the first two years, he made 10 times what they originally offered him. But because he is such a great guy, he also gave royalties to all the characters, all the all the oh, nice. all the pro skaters that were in the game. That's really cool. I uh, yeah, that's really awesome because it's I mean like you know Tony Hawk can get away with getting the royalties because it's going to be his name on the game. Yeah, you know, but all the other skaters wouldn't know. There's no way. You know, the the company would have just been like, oh, you want royalties? You can get taken out of the game. You know, there's no way they would have done that. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that Tony Hawk uh, stepped up and made sure to uh, make sure they were taken care of. I uh, now there's something that I feel like uh, before we kind of get into like uh, some past stories and stuff. I did want to uh, make mention we we've talked a, a few times about this uh, on uh, this episode, and I think for some of our younger listeners, they're not going to really understand what a video cassette is. We, we keep saying that you have to collect a video cassette, but what is a video cassette? 
Before there were 4K Blu-rays, there were Blu-rays. Before Blu-rays, there were DVDs. Before that, there were HD DVDs. Uh, well, HD, yeah. Well, I mean, HD DVD and Blu-ray came out the same time. Fair enough. Uh, and before DVDs, we had VHS tapes. And Betamax. Yeah. And Laserdisc. And yeah. Laserdisc, that's right. So, you know, and that kind of just harkens to, like, you know, people taking videos of, you know, street skaters. People just going out and doing skateboard tricks and, like, just filming it on the, on you know, giant over-the-shoulder <laughs> camcorders, basically. And so, you know, having the tapes of your moves and stuff is kind of what inspired, like, find the hidden tape in the level. Is that where that came from? Because I was kind of curious why it popped up in the I would game. imagine so, because there were a ton of skate videos and stuff that came out around that time. Yeah, that's what I always assumed. And, and yeah. I mean, they're kind of smaller. It's not like a giant VHS. It's more like one of those, like, eight millimeters or whatever yeah. they were called at the time. Oh. What's, yeah, that could very well be it. That High what's, eight or something. I don't know. What's really interesting about this game and, and the impact that it had, not only on just pop culture, but life in general, is I feel like after this game came out, that's when you saw like just skateboard culture take over. Oh, yeah. Oh, tons of it. I remember uh, well, this game would have come out, what, our freshman year of high school, Xander? I believe so, yeah. Uh, so for me and Xander, we were freshmen in high school. Uh, and uh, it, it was ridiculous. The the like So many people started getting into skateboarding and wanted to be professionals. Yeah, you started like, seeing like just all the skateboard brands were all of a sudden like everybody was wearing them. Uh-huh. Like we went from baggy Jinko jeans to like tight jeans that you could skate in. Like <laughs> it was really, really interesting uh, to see that like that skateboarding culture got so big. And I just I remember hanging out with quite a few people when I was younger who were so into it. And like they they played tons of Tony Hawk. They wanted a skateboard. They bought. They went out and bought skateboards. And it was p- pretty much because of this game. Yeah, I had a a good friend of mine who. Uh, wasn't like it didn't really seem like he had any aspirations for skateboarding or anything like that uh he was like a, a new metal head like really into corn and you know had like the baggy jinko jeans uh-huh. and i brought over tony off he's like you guys got to check this game out and then he later bought it and they would play it like crazy like they they started getting really good with the scores which inspired me to try to get better with the scores yeah and then next thing I knew, they weren't playing Tony Hawk anymore because they went out and bought skateboards and like changed their outfit oh. and like were, they started skateboarding. Like they went out and, and bought like the skateboarding like the, they were called soaps, like soap shoes. They had uh, like where your your so, your normal shoes just have like rubber soles on the bottom. Sure. They had rubber soles and then a plastic plastic like part where the arch of your foot is and then mm-hmm. rubber again so I, you could I, grind i had those yeah, soap seven <laughs> so mine, I, I always wanted one mine were, mine were sketchers yeah yeah i and always had, wanted a pair but I, I, never, remember, I it was like they were expensive i was like no, i'm not getting I, into it but we would they would carry around like wax and they'd like wax up uh like a curb and then we're gonna we're gonna grind this with our soap shoes i was never good at it so i was just terrible but i remember i we had uh, in middle school those metal chairs and I would always like rub the the heel of or you know the sole part on the chair in front of me and slide it back and forth. I always thought that was like really cool, but that was pretty much the only grinding I could do because I wasn't good <laughs> enough uh, to be like, oh man, you see that bench right there? Check this out. <laughs> I'm gonna grind this bench, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna totally grind this bench to the extreme. Uh, but again, like I said, it was a very good friend of mine at the time, and I like. I remember one of my moral dilemmas one time as I was at his yeah. house. He li- he lived uh, a little, not like super far. It seemed super far away at the time, but now it's like, oh, it's a five minute drive. Um, but he lived close enough to a sporting goods store and, uh-huh. a, and a game store not far away. And I remember I could have gone, I went with him to the sports the sporting goods store and I could buy a skateboard for like 40 bucks or I could go buy Brave Fencer Musashi. 
I bought a skateboard like an idiot. Oh, <laughs> oh you idiot. Oh, you dumb I later idiot. got Brave Fencer Musashi, but that was my, like, oh, man, I got this money. I can buy this or I can buy this. They're skateboarding all the time. I should try to, and I never got good at the skateboard. I just, I was, I've always been a heavy kid, <laughs> so just didn't work Did out. you? Ever have a skateboard card? No, I never owned one. So I had one. It was when I was like 10, I think. And I could not get the handle of it. I didn't understand it. I just didn't know. I could go forward. Like I got I got decent at like moving around on it if the if the street was a flat surface. Mm-hmm. But if it had like my, so my friends had like a asphalt paved street. So where mm-hmm. it was like just smooth and flat the whole way. But like around my house, there was like, it was like broken up. There were like chunks of tar and I would hit those. And because I was, I, I, in my head, it was because I weighed so much, the wheels would get stuck in those cracks and I couldn't move forward and I would like fall off or I just didn't have enough speed. I don't know what it was, but I just couldn't get the hang of it. And I was always terrified of trying to do an ollie and falling on cement. Yeah. Like I was just a giant wuss. I couldn't do <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. That's, I mean, hitting concrete is like, it's, it's painful. Yeah. It's hard. You know, like falling on like soft earth is, it kind of hurts. Yeah. But like hitting concrete, your flesh is not designed yeah. to nope. just hit concrete. So I was the uh, the sophomore in high school who was sitting on the skateboard and riding it down the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never owned a, a skateboard. I like when I was really young, I thought Bart Simpson was cool, you know, and he always had a skateboard. But I didn't like I didn't put two and two together to go get a skateboard or anything. And like even when this game came out, I I feel like I was I was sort of like almost a little detached at the time because like people were like, oh, skateboarding so cool. And I was like. Yeah, but it's a fad. And they're like, no, no, it's not. We're going to take this to eternity. And I was like, but no, you're not. And I was right. An overwhelming majority of those people, after a year or so, did not skateboard anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I just uh, I was didn't have the body for it or the guts to do any tricks. <laughs> I could do an ollie. Mine was the lack of skill. Yeah, for I, sure. I could do an ollie, but I couldn't do it while I was moving. I was standing still. I could make the skateboard jump, barely, but I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed. Yeah. So, and then Tech Decks became a thing. <laughs> oh, Tech Decks! With their fingers. The the little toy skateboards that for some reason were a thing in like high school. Yeah. I completely forgot about those. Tech I did not Decks. own those, but I no, I never. I ha- I think I had one that like I found somewhere that some kid had lost or something, and I was like, oh, I got a Tech Deck. Yeah, that's cool. But I was never like we knew a guy. Uh, who like Craig and I reference pretty heavily throughout our lives. Uh-huh. In fact, uh, some of your D and D characters are inspired by him. <laughs> yeah, but he would he would like build these like skate parks for himself for his tech decks and like carry them around at school. It like, was I, really weird because it was like high school. Yeah, I would and have like math classes with him, and he would just like carry his backpack, and he'd have this giant like like wooden thing that had like rails and you just like do his it's like dude what are you doing why are you carrying that around we're in high school man like i've got my game boy in my pocket but that's concealed now here's a question for you xander did his voice yo sound kind of like this a little bit like that yeah yes i uh (laughs) uh bless that person who we shall not name to keep his privacy uh, secure right is your uh, is that the thursday game that you do that uh crollo is in the thursday game yeah i had i had a kobold in one of my campaigns who yo he sounded kind of like this yo and uh, he was just weaselly and pathetic yeah. uh, if you're into D, you should definitely check out <laughs> one of the shows on the games Network called and noobs and dragons that uh, craig is the dm for yeah 
Shameless plug. But if you're super cool and like skateboarding, keep listening to Legend of Retro. We're not done talking about THPS yet. THRPS. THRPS. To the extreme. To herps. That sounds. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, no, you shut up. That was weird. Tony Hawk you, divorce documents. Three. <laughs> Man, that game's a little extreme for me. A little too extreme. <laughs> Uh, one cool thing about the okay, we can get back into the game. I maybe I don't know. Uh, the, <laughs> the, maybe the game engine uh, was based off of a game that uh, NeverSoft did called Apocalypse, starring Bruce Willis. Really? And actually, I guess the original demo that they made for the Tony Hawk game, they used the character <laughs> Bruce of Willis? Bruce Willis when they were presenting it. That's hilarious. Like this is the game we're looking for. They hadn't you know talked to Tony Hawk or anything like that at the time, <laughs> and so they just used the character. Yeah, so Bruce Willis grinding, uh, you know, using a skateboard, doing alleys and trips. Bruce Willis, apocalypse skateboarder (laughs) to the extreme. Uh, That's amazing. Uh, We didn't bring up the special bar when we were talking about your your moves. You could, uh, if you had enough moves consecutively, you built Mm -hmm. up a special bar, and then you could do special moves, which were worth way more points. Like the Christ Air, where you just... Oh, throw your hands out, yeah. yourself into a T, you know, like a cross. And held your skateboard. Like I forgot you, about that. That's how you also yeah. did the 900. Like, it was like, while you were in the air, you instead of, like, pressing a direction and a button, you had to do, like, two directions. Like, a, a left and right and then a button. Yeah. And, like, just do different different flips or grabs or whatever. Every character had their own specific moves they could do. And then, and then eventually they mm-hmm. just kind of became, uh, as the series continued on, you could just, like, set one up for your character. There, oh. There's an Easter egg move, like, I guess is what you could call it, mm-hmm. um, in the warehouse when you jump over that gap, yeah, and then if you uh, grind all the way around that entire wall, it gives you a move. And on the N64 version, it's called Holy Cow, and on the PlayStation version, it's called Holy Shoe. Huh. S-H-I. They didn't finish spelling out the word. But yeah, that's like a secret Easter egg move where if you did that specific jump and then grind really? that entire wall, that's what it called it. Interesting. Yeah, they, they kind of put, they started to put some more of those in. Um, and different levels, uh, mm-hmm. especially later on in the game, there if you were able to, to do specific combos or whatever, it was you mm-hmm. got more points for it. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy that you were like, if you jump the gap, I knew immediately what you're <laughs> talking yeah. about. It's like the hidden. I can't think of what it's called. It's like a hidden room. It's oh, it's a pipe, right? Yeah, it's a, there's a half pipe, and then above that is a, this little glass room where you break mm-hmm. through, and that's where the hidden tape is. Yep. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. It's it's so interesting because like there's so like much. I said of I this played game. the warehouse level a lot. <laughs> I, I remember you playing it a bunch and me attempting to play it, but I I. It's interesting that like there's so many scenes of the game that I kind of remember, mm-hmm. but because I never owned it and I didn't really play it that much, it's just these vague recollections. Yeah. How how long did you stick through with the Tony Hawk series? Um, I played a little bit of the GameCube one, which was Underground, the first Underground. So good. And then that was that was all, all that I did with oh. the, the series. Yeah, I did. When two came out, I got the demo, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of more the same thing. I never bought two. I think I rented it. Uh huh. And I was like, eh, that's probably that's probably enough for me. But then I randomly played Tony Hawk three. I think a friend of mine had it and let me borrow it, and then I got like sucked back into it. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, and then four came out, and I played a lot of four. And then they came out with the Underground series, and Underground one is one of my favorite. Oh, it's amazing! It's so good. Yeah, that's probably the one of the best ones in the entire series. Because that was when they, I think three is when they finally got rid of the timer, and you could just maybe that was two. I don't remember. They eventually got rid of the timer, and you yeah. just had free reign. You picked the level, and you played for as long as you want. You had to do. They started giving you more objectives. 
And once you cleared a certain amount of objectives, you were able to open the next level. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and that was kind of the same in, in the first one, too. But you didn't have as many to, to complete. You had to just play through and get at least like two or three different things and you could unlock more levels. But when you could finally just like explore the whole the whole map, the maps got bigger. They got more intricate. Yeah. And then Tony Hawk Underground's like, oh, this uh, this game's gonna have a story now. Also, you can like you create a character and you run through, like you could. And I think two had create a character, but this is where it actually mattered because like you were playing yourself or whatever character you came up with and went through this whole long storyline. And I've talked about Tony Hawk Underground a bunch of times on the podcast. I feel like, but it has one of the most satisfying endings if you play through all the way. Yeah, I uh, I remember you telling me about the uh, the ending. It's so uh, good. I love Tony Hawk Underground is so good. I played Underground 2. It didn't grab me quite as much. And then American Wasteland came out. And that one was like, okay, but still not great. And then uh, I think Tony Hawk 8 was the one that came out on Xbox 360. <laughs> or Project 8 is what it was. Oh, okay. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy this. I love the Tony Hawk games. Like, oh, this is not. This is not great. <laughs> and then they started calling them Skate, right? Is that what they became? No, Skate was a, was is a that the different series. series? Yeah, okay. Skate is what killed the Tony Hawk series. Okay, I'm trying to think of what game it was. I, th- I thought it was a Tony Hawk game where uh, they were so far behind in development that when they released the game, it was actually just the tutorial level. And then you had to download like some ridiculous. Nine. You're thinking of Tony Hawk. I think it was called Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five. Is that what it was? It the was one five? that came out for Xbox One and PlayStation okay. Four. Yeah, yeah. That you basically had to download the game. Yep. After its release. Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five was no choice. Was just like infamous for how awful it was. Uh, wow. So so basically, if you get the game now, because I don't even know if the patch is available. Uh, you oh, just, I don't know. You just have the tutorial. That's it. <laughs> That's all you can play if you didn't didn't download the update. Yeah, that's lame. I'm not entirely. I remember when it came out, I rented it uh, because I was working at Family Video at the time and I got to play it early. I was like, oh, yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I love these old games. And like they revived it a little bit on Xbox Live Arcade. They like did like a. um, It's almost like a Mm -hmm. greatest hits, like it had levels from every one of the games and stuff like that. And so it was a cool throwback. It felt like playing the original, but it didn't like it didn't quite match. But it was still yeah. fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five came, I was like, "Oh yes, we've, we're going to get like a this will be the revival of the series instead of going all the weird wacky directions they they took it. This will be back to the way it was." And I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and it wasn't. It just wasn't. Oh, but yeah, the, the EA eventually came out with a series called Skate, and the uh, the control schemes were a lot like. Um, the best way I can describe them is uh, there was a mm-hmm. boxing series called Fight Night. Oh, yeah. I where that. instead of pressing buttons to throw punches, you would use the analog sticks and like just do certain moves. So like, yeah. if you wanted to throw a jab, you just press up on the stick. If you wanted to throw a hook, you went to the side and then up. And they did the same thing with skateboard tricks. And a lot of people really got into that series because of how intricate it was and just how, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I never got super into it because I couldn't, I wasn't very good at the controls. Mm hmm. So I was always like, yeah, Tony Hawk should come back. <laughs> and it just it was just never the same. So. Ah, so sad. And then, of course, they had Tony Hawk Ride, which uh, you can see over in the corner of the studio. There's a ride board. Oh, yeah. Yep, that, did, that did not catch on at no, all. No, it did not. So imagine a skateboard without wheels that you could play this game on. <laughs> and it had sensors where you could like do grab tricks. You could It would sense if you did kick. So if you were an actual skateboarder, maybe you had some fun. But who knows how well that worked out. And apparently not very well. Because they did the initial one, I think there was a ride two, and then it just like flopped out, fizzled out. Yeah, man, I didn't. You know, I, I knew that there was a lot of Tony Hawk games and, and skateboard games and stuff. I didn't realize there were that many. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I now I 
before we jump into the music, which I know that there's a lot to talk about with the music of this game, is yeah. there any other uh, kind of thoughts on the game, the gameplay, its history that you guys wanted to touch on? I got a little bit on the speedrunning. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's going on with the speedrunning uh, for this game? So there's uh, an any percent, which you have to have the minimum to unlock Roswell, Roswell uh, which is the final stage. And then you have to complete the objectives in there. And you also have to get a minimum of bronze in the competitions. Uh, do you want to give a guess at how long that took? Um, the world record holder. Well, I mean, the the levels themselves are, I mean, you have to play two minutes. <laughs> at the max, yeah. At the max, well, per stage, like at minimum, not maximum. Because you can't like just be done halfway through a level, can you? You can exit the level. Yeah, oh. as long as you unlock the oh, objective okay i can quit the level how many levels are there there are 10 10 so the uh, so you know it's under 20 minutes so under 20 minutes so i don't know i'm gonna say uh 15 minutes i'll say eight uh four minutes and 39 seconds wow <laughs> four minutes and that's owned by speedrunner george you guys know george right oh yeah of course yeah. Oh, george. George. Yeah, my boy george. george uh and then so the any percent um which would be collecting all the objectives and getting gold in all the competitions. That's any percent? I'm sorry, did I say any percent? 100%. Sorry, okay. I apologize. Uh, yeah, so the 100%, that's uh, six minutes and 39 seconds. Jeez. So it's just two minutes longer. And that's by uh, Goosht, is uh, Goosht. how it's pronounced. So. Goosht. Uh, but, uh, George and Goosht. <laughs> and my, my buddies. But that's collecting all the skates, finishing all the objectives, right. and, and getting gold. So. Six minutes. Yep, six thirty-nine. Six minutes and thirty-nine seconds. I kind of want to watch these speed runs just to see how like crazy well, it is. Do you have six minutes and thirty-nine seconds? Because <laughs> you can. <laughs> I don't know if I can carve out that amount of time. It's a lot easier than watching like a speed run of one of those RPGs, like, like uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah, that that takes a little bit longer. <laughs> just a pinch, just a pinch longer. Uh, what's really cool though? I mean, they don't really do any crazy glitches in these speed runs. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some some tricks where you you kind of do a wall ride and it kind of shoots you up mm-hmm. that's really the only thing they take advantage of in the speed runs yeah uh there are some glitches though they did find yeah um in the n64 version if in your high score if you t- type tyr um it changes all the text in the menus to rxjpy hmb which has no meaning i think it's something there's an issue with the game and if you go into the competition it crashes the game interesting so like yeah if you if you type that in when you press pause you don't even know what the menus are. It just all <laughs> says the same thing. Weird. Um, in what about in, the N-Gage version? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, what you do with that one, you take your N-Gage and you spike it into the ground, <laughs> and the game stops working. That crashes the game completely. I'm going to have to try but that. It also, it also it lets you win. <laughs> uh, there's a clip you can do in the downhill jam. You have to line up behind one of the big jumps, and if you go straight into the wall... You, you go out of bounds and you're, you're floating and then this mm-hmm. one, I mean, you could technically do any trick. You're just floating in midair. Right. But you can you never don't, land. You don't land points. it. Yeah. Oh man, I'll never crash or anything. That's the glitch <laughs> for me. And then in the San Francisco level, there's a building <laughs> that you can uh, do a wall right on and then it'll make you stand up on the wall and you can walk around. But just for a little bit. It's not one building. So you start to do the wall like, ride. Like a walk animation? But then he'll, it'll be like he landed on the side of the wall. Oh, uh, okay. So you're like. Still, it's like you're riding your skateboard. Well, yeah, it's just like you're, okay. yeah, not walking. But oh, yeah, like, that's interesting. They just programmed to walk for a glitch. <laughs> but no, so yeah, you're not, you're not doing a move or anything like that. You're just riding yeah. along the wall, like as if you're just doing a, you know, on your skateboard. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, there's also one Easter egg that uh, is specific for the N64 version. 
in the um, mall level. Is that what it was? The yeah. mall or airport? I can't remember what mall. it was. Oh, this is the mall. Okay. Um, at the very end mm-hmm. of the level, there's a set of boxes. And when you go behind the boxes, um, and you have to have the expansion pack in the N64 for this, it shows a picture of a woman's face on the back of the boxes, which they don't know who the woman is. And I, actually, there's two more images that can get pulled up by doing a certain combination of buttons. Yeah. And they're assuming that it's girlfriends of the developers or wives of the developers, yeah. but nobody knows who these three women are that their faces appear in the game. Interesting. Man, that's kind of creepy almost. A little bit, yeah. But that's yeah, that's uh those were the glitches I found uh in both versions. Nice. Cool. Nice. I so we'll uh we'll just take a, a quick break to uh hear uh from our sponsor and then we'll get into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom so, I mean, the music is is probably the most memorable and iconic part of this game. It, it is. Yeah, it's it's using uh, not cover versions, original songs from different like punk and like ska artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this this game helped shaped some of my musical interests <laughs> for sure. Uh, every one of those, there are ten songs, and I think only one of them I'm like, eh, I can take or leave this one. But the yeah. rest of them are all great. Um, so we'll start with uh, the one that everybody loves, uh, the one that was on the demo, the one that I I heard. Not, I don't want to say too much. I don't know if there's so much such a thing as too much of this song, but this is uh, just a quick sample of uh, Goldfinger's Superman. Like I said, the songs, or rather the, the levels when you play them, are you're limited to two minutes. So it's interesting. A lot of these songs are only about two minutes long, but oh. there are some that are a little bit longer. And when I finally heard the full versions, I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> or like, even when I'm listening, like this one, there's a part where uh, they go kind of go back to the bridge to the chorus, and I keep expecting the boop, boop, boop of the time running out to kick in, and I don't hear it. <laughs> like, uh, but talking about a song that brings you back, like I don't. Yeah, this song comes on one of my Pandora stations every once in a while, and it's just like, just hearing it, it pulls me back to my youth so much. It's interesting because I wasn't super into the Tony Hawk games, but when I hear this song, uh, like out and about on occasion, you know, maybe at a bar or something, whatever, I hear it and I think, why do I know this? I, like, because I don't know it well enough, so I'm just like, why do I know this song? And it bothers me, and it's it's because of Tony Hawk and Xander playing it so yes. much. Yeah, I had uh, a couple. Uh, burn CDs that we would drive around listening to that had the song on it quite a bit. Uh-huh. So, and that's and I always look forward to new Tony Hawk games. Like, what sweet songs am I going to get introduced oh, yeah. to this time? Uh huh. 
so there's a ton of songs like i if i took the time to think about it i could probably make a whole album of like these are tony hawk pro skater songs that i just love and they're all great <laughs> um that was usually one of the first things i did if, with the new tony hawk games i'd go in the manual what songs are in this do i know any like <laughs> no cool let's let's find out what's what's cool um another one of my favorites uh this was probably the first song that stood out to me um when i bought the full version of the game yeah um and it makes sense that I probably went to this because of what a big South Park fan I was. But this is uh, Jerry Was a Race Car Driver by Primus. The theme song for South Park yep. for the first. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, they're still credited with with doing the theme song, but they only really used their their version for like the first four or five seasons. Yeah, I think once they got to fourth grade, they they bumped. I think that was the fourth fourth or fifth season, and then they kind of did a more techno version of it, but still, uh, they still have credit for it. Yeah, still Les Claypool singing. So, but yeah, just just that song is so weird that I love it. <laughs> it is really <laughs> wacky. It's really really bizarre. Well, just like some artists like Primus and like Guar that just have a unique yeah. style. Yeah, you hear you hear the bass in any Primus song and you're just like, oh, yeah, I yep. know who this is. Yep. <laughs> um, and then one of my favorites uh, is and that I mentioned uh, in a previous episode at one point how like if I'm like going to start like finger drumming something like just like tapping on a desk or whatever, uh-huh. it's either going to be uh, Tank from um, Cowboy Bebop. No, from uh <laughs> The original uh, mother. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Earthbound beginnings. Yeah, Earthbound beginnings. Earthbound zero. Mother, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Uh, one of the the boss fights you do in that is is we've got a really just an iconic to me iconic yeah. memorable drum intro. And if it's not that, nine times out of ten, it's uh, New Girl by Suicide Machines. I'd love to listen to the full songs. We, we probably <laughs> legally can't. I don't even know if we can legally play what we did play, but we did it. We can't talk about Tony Hawk Pro Skater and not talk about the music. It, the oh, music yeah. is is a the almost one of the biggest parts of the game. You also had uh, Police Truck by Dead Kennedys, Here and Now by The Ernies, Vilified by Even Rude, uh, Screamer by Speed Dealer, Psycho Vision by Suicidal Tendencies, uh, Committed by Unsane, and Eurobarge by The Vandals. And I think uh, Unsane's Committed is the only one that I'm like, yeah, I don't need this one. 
I mean, considering, uh, uh, you know, it was almost all music that you hadn't really gotten into before yeah. and stuff. It's, it's kind of interesting that, like, you ended up loving nine-tenths of the, al- of yeah. the album, the, the game soundtrack, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it might, most of it may have been just repetition. <laughs> Let's be yeah. honest. Like, if sure, you sure. hear something long enough, you're eventually going to be like, yeah, I, can, I know this part. I'm really into it. Now the I uh, the the music that from all the 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 popular artists is the 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 draw, but I did want to give some credit to Brian Bright who did the additional music uh, for most of the uh, uh, like menus and stuff like that. Uh, he worked on a whole bunch of the other Tony Hawk games, you mm-hmm. know. So he did a lot of the menu music and you stuff. You know what? You bringing that up actually reminded me there is another. I don't know if you would call it an Easter egg, but you could turn the music off. I don't know why you would want to do it, <laughs> right? But you could. In the mall level, if you go up to the elevator, the elevator had its own music. Like it was just an elevator song, yeah, tone, but it had you. It actually had its own music. Oh, so Brian Bright from, would have done that. I music. suppose he probably did that. Yeah, interesting. I, but I. Did you have a, a favorite song that wasn't Superman, Tony? Uh, New Girl. New Girl. By, nice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. It's Superman. Yeah, it was. It's a great song. I, I really. Like, not, I mean, I'm not mad at you for picking it. I'm just saying, like everybody likes Superman. <laughs> yeah, Glitch's choice is, is really good too, and you know, in yours too, Xander. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's Superman. It's like you know, it's yeah. it's such a fun song. Mm-hmm. I, but uh, yeah, any parting thoughts you guys have about uh, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Well, play the first five. And then don't play anything else. <laughs> what about Underground? <laughs> That's that that no. So Tony Hawk one two three four Underground. Oh okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it definitely shows like where we. So I mean, before this, we really didn't have any open skateboarding games. Yeah. We had Skate or Die. It was interesting when you guys seven twenty. Like, yeah. When you guys were like, so we had other skateboard games. In my head, I was like, what skateboard game? <laughs> yeah. The other thing was like California Games is another one, but it, nothing on this level. Oh yeah. yeah it no. really took it and, and pushed. It, and I think everything that came out afterwards. I mean, there's there's like aggressive inline on the PlayStation Two. Really, is just a copy of yeah. Tony and Hawk. there were a lot of like the the Matt Hoffman Pro BMX, mm-hmm. uh, BMX Triple X. Like all these games came out that were like trying to do the same thing but none of them just had the magic that was yeah the momentum didn't take off like it did for the tony hawk games yeah so tony hawk good series for the for the start and then kind of fizzles out afterwards and i'm i suppose arguments can be made for for thug 2 and and american wasteland but eh, the the peak for me is underground yeah let's go ahead and uh uh jump into our retro relapse then Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Glitch, you want to tell us about this one? Uh, so I had you guys play the uh, Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy. You sure did. Which isn't a licensed Nintendo game. I was going to say, that cartridge looked kind of funny. Yeah, it was a bit sketchy. It had a, It had like a lever on the back for an A and B setting, depending on what versions of the NES you had. Otherwise, it wouldn't play. And also, the cartridge was upside down. Didn't it have like a hole in the back of it? Yeah, too? that's where the that's lever is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was attached to the board. I didn't expect it that close. Essentially, you could touch the, the board through the cartridge because it had a giant hole in the back of it. Yep. Yep. But uh, I, uh, I didn't look up. So who, uh, who developed that game? Uh, so this was developed by Codemasters. Ah, Codemasters. They uh, were coming out uh, with a lot of really 
shady stuff back in the uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s. It sounds uh, like a hacker group, doesn't that? I mean, it, it kind of almost Code is. Codemasters, the fun starts here, okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, Codemasters did a lot of like bootleg, like off-brand, not officially sanctioned by Nintendo games. So, uh, we had Super Robin Hood. What? Yeah. I mean, this is just going through their entire... So, that's like on the the Amiga. Uh, apparently, Super Robin Hood was also on the NES. Uh, BMX Simulator, Ghost Hunters, Dizzy, the ultimate cartoon adventure. There's a couple Dizzy games, yeah, there's actually. A, there's a yeah, series. Dizzy, Dizzy is actually kind of big, I think, in the UK. Uh, I think in uh, like England, uh, uh, over in the PAL tel- uh, territory, uh, the Dizzy games are actually a little bit more popular over there, if they I'm not the mistaken. Codemasters did the Micro Machines game. Really? Big Nose Freaks Out. Big Nose uh, Freaks Out. Why do I actually know that? What is that on? That was the in, NES. NES. Oh. That's a caveman game. Uh-huh. A, that explains why you know it. I do. I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big proponent for caveman uh, games. Micro Machines. Specifically no. caveman games? Specifically caveman games. The, no, the, ca- the game caveman games on the NES? <laughs> in, oh, that was bad. In 2000, for the PlayStation, they made Mike Tyson Boxing. Huh. And Mike Tyson Heavyweight Boxing. Huh. So let's chat about the fantastic adventures of Dizzy. Bubble I, Bobble Revolution. Hold on. Let's we, chat about that instead. We lost Xander. Bullet Witch. <laughs> Bullet Witch. That was kind of a big one. Clyde Barker's Jericho. That's enough out of you, Xander. James so, Pond. Codename Robocop. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Craig's back in. Go on, Xander. No. So so this is like a, a platform. The, the dirt games. The dirt and grid racing games. So, Craig, what did you think of the game? I, Look, that's interesting. From 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 garbage to like some fairly popular games. Sorry. What's garbage about? Okay, so <laughs> what's garbage about? So, the Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy is, I think, on paper, kind of interesting. It's like a puzzle platformer where it's almost got like a point and click adventure type stuff going on, where you have to find items to like get past certain points of the game. Yeah, you have to collect certain items to advance the story. Yeah. So if you approach like a spider, you need to like I don't know. I think there was like scissors or something. You have to cut the web so the spider moves. So yeah, you have to unlock certain areas yeah. of the level by collecting certain items. But the thing about the collecting items, the inventory could only hold three items at a time. Whoa, yeah, whoa. you have to drop them hold on the up. ground. In 1990, Codemasters developed a device called the Power Pack. Later, renamed the Game Genie. Uh huh. That makes sense. Yep. <laughs> because they were making nothing but bootleg nonsense. Yep. And that's actually this game, uh, Adventures of Dizzy, was supposed to be released in uh, Christmas time of 1990, but got delayed because they were getting sued by Nintendo over the Game Genie. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. And I mean, Nintendo lost. See, I thought the Game Genie was something that Nintendo came out with. That's not. Oh a no, Nintendo it was. It is not officially sanctioned by not, Nintendo. I they did got not know that. Nintendo uh, tried to sue, failed, and uh, uh, they they weren't able to to stop Codemasters. And Codemasters ended up, I think, using like Galoob and a few other companies to yeah, distribute. America, which also America. published yeah, uh, Adventures of Dizzy. Yeah, huh. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, in fact, I I almost feel like Game Genie is going to deserve its own special at some point because yeah. it's just there's so much involved with the mm-hmm. Game Genie and and all the other cheat devices. Game Shark, Game Shark, Pro Action or uh, Pro Action Replay. Yep. 
Uh, that action was replay, one. pro action replay. Uh, yeah, there was quite a few. I. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I feel like on paper, the Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy is really cool. In practice, though, it's a little clunky. The inventory system is kind of limited, yeah. and the the jumping is a little kind of clumsy. You know, the controls aren't the best. Uh, so, honestly, I, I think if I have to give this uh, a score on the 8-bit skill, I'd probably give it a 3. And I think there's a lot of people with nostalgia for the Dizzy series, so so maybe I just didn't give it enough time. But I, I think a three out of eight is what it's getting for me. What about you, Xander? I uh, I did not. I mean, I wanted to figure it out so that I could have some fun. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, I'm giving it a one. I really oh. wow, a one. That's pretty low. Yeah, wow. I just I mean, not being able to figure out like what was going on. The inventory was the system was clunky. Like the the fall damage like it's just no i didn't want it yeah what didn't about like you it? uh glitch so i'm kind of there with you craig uh it had i think it looked very pretty um oh, yeah it looked- for the style and i don't know if you guys remember the music was really good oh no i, I honestly blocked most of okay. my, my <laughs> playing it out uh go In back fact, when you mentioned like hey we're gonna do th- this game for retro relapse i was like did we play this? Was I there? <laughs> like, I legitimately had to look it up to find out. Oh, yeah, no, I do remember I played this. Uh, do you recommend the music? Uh, if you go to our YouTube page, GameZilla Media, you can find this Retro Relapse available. Um, watch it. You can hear the music. The music was fantastic. Xander, I recommend that you rewatch your play of it. I'm sure I will. Um, but just to listen to the music, uh, I give it a three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. I Now, let's chat about our opening music theme bracket. Yes. Uh, that's uh, 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 a pretty a pretty good lineup today, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout, man. Not going to lie to you. A blowout? A blowout, absolutely. No, I ain't going to say that it, it can't happen. I just feel like, I mean, these are both pretty heavy hitters in the opening theme music world, right? I suppose we'll uh, we'll play them. We'll let uh, we'll let the audience decide for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, what do we have first? So, up first, we have Chrono Trigger's opening theme from Yasunori Mitsuda.
phenomenal opening theme. Absolutely. Chrono Trigger's music is so great, and the opening theme just it just decks you right in the face with how good it is right off the bat. It sure does. Yeah, this is a heavy competitor for the entire bracket. Right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I, I can totally see this going on the way. So I, I can understand your, your, your thoughts that this could be a blowout. Mm-hmm. But we also have the opening to Streets of Rage 2 by Yuzo Koshiro. And there's another person who worked with uh, Yuzo Koshiro. I, I'm I the, telling you. On the soundtrack to uh, Streets of Rage 2. I, but I... It, this one has a little bit of a slower start. Yeah, so and we're, we're going to skip in about twenty seconds. Yeah, and then it, uh, 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 and then it gets moving, and it's some of the finest music for a Sega Genesis game. So let's uh, go ahead and give this a listen. mellow than uh chrono trigger's opening uh still good oh it is good and and i think that you're you're gonna have uh some diehard sega fans and diehard super nintendo fans that are clashing in this one because you know uh, a lot of people really love the opening to streets of rage 2 uh but that opening to chrono trigger is really good (laughs) it'll be that's kind of my thought like the opening to chrono trigger just like it does, it never gives you a second to rest. Like it's always yeah. like just into where this is a lot more like mellow, laid back. Which while still good, I don't think it has as as an opening theme. I don't think has as much of an impact. I can I can understand where you're coming from on that one for sure. I uh, it, it'll be it'll be great to see how the votes fall because I, sure. I can see Chrono Trigger just sweeping to the very end of this competition. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great opening song. So I I'm I'm curious to see how this will all go down yeah uh, so you can vote on our facebook page you can go to our twitter account at uh, at legend of retro gz you can jump in our discord join our conversation there where we also put up an emoji poll which is that's how you vote with the emojis <laughs> it's always fun coming up with whatever emoji i'm going to use for that uh and then if you want that extra vote you can always go on to patreon uh 
uh, patreon.com slash gamezillamedia and then uh, give us a dollar a month and that gets you a bonus vote for every single one of our uh, opening brackets and also gets you early access to our YouTube content which is our retro relapse videos so you get those a whole five days before the uh, the episodes go live um, and then at five dollars you get all sorts of bonus content bonus episodes that we record not only for the Legend of Retro where we do our Game Shark episodes but then also uh, Noobs and Dragons Noiseland Arcade Last Action Podcast they all do bonus episodes so yeah. tons of content for just five bucks a month and it goes to helping us out making these episodes for you upgrading the equipment all sorts of stuff like that so absolutely we definitely appreciate everybody listening in on our episodes and especially uh, a big thanks to our uh, patrons out there who are uh, supporting the show it definitely means a lot uh, but I think that's about all the time we have for today uh, I think that we'll uh, catch you all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues, continues.